Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm the other half of your sunshine double. It's Aldwin. Isn't it funny? I was thinking about this <laughs> as we were about to record this episode, that the cancellation of this particular tournament that we're on the precipice of starting was, I guess, one of the catalysts for how we named our first episode and kind of the start of our show. Yeah, that came to mind as I was on my way to work this morning that, you know, normally when we do episodes, we don't have our episode name in mind until after we record. You know, something comes up on the show where we say to each other, oh, yeah, that would be an excellent title, really good clickbait. But Sunshine Double, I remember distinctly you said to me, we should call our first episode your new sunshine double and i think that's the only time in our history as a podcast across how many episodes have we done now 70 something 70 something episodes where we had the name prepared before recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and it's interesting time because this event was canceled that is my phone. <laughs> uh, the event was canceled two and a half years ago. I can't. Incredible. Two and a half years ago? Are you sure? Two and a half years ago. Sorry, one and a half years ago. Oh. But it, sorry, it was canceled one and a half years ago. But yeah. the last time it took place was two and a half years ago. When BB, our girl, Bianca Andreescu was on that tear and was really starting to make her mark on the WTA tour. She shocked the world, and that was the first time she annoyed Angie Kerber. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into that, patreon.com forward slash ready play tennis podcast. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to those who have forgotten and are about to go onto any of the platforms and give us a five-star review and or say nice things about our show. Thank you in advance. Again, you can reach our patron page, Patreon page through our IG by clicking on the link in our bio. Awesome. So we want to start by talking about the great success that we're having at Winter Team Tennis. <laughs> our team, Team Yellow, Lamona Halips. Lamona Halips. <laughs> Jason's suggestion. Just want to give him kudos for that. They, talking about being on a tear. I mean, our mm -hmm. winter team tennis team. If I remember correctly, Tommy, who's our fearless A1 captain leader, he sent us on our WhatsApp chat a picture of the current standings. And I believe we're in first place. I think we are. You're correct. Yeah, and do you want to just throw it out there for all of our listeners? Can you guess, listeners, 
future Patreon members, <laughs> how much credit should we receive? How many matches have Jason and I won this season for our team, Lamona Halips, to garner us first place in the standings? Should we wait for our audience to respond? <laughs> the answer to Alduin's question is zero point zero. We have played zero point zero matches. Yeah, zero. That's point, how good we are. You know, uh, the name the name that comes to mind when trying to pull a quick analogy is we pulled a Camila Georgie. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Camila Georgie showed the fuck up in Montreal, was like, bitch, I'm going to win this tournament. We, <laughs> you and I did the same thing in Montreal, right? We hadn't, we admittedly, we had not played a lot of doubles this entire year. Maybe once or twice we played, you and I. But yeah. seated number three, because of our experience and our result the last time we were there, we made it all the way to the final, which was a huge accomplishment for us. And then we said, you know what, bitch, we're tired. I actually, listen, I'm not going to put words in your mouth because as everyone knows, do you want to share just to reiterate? Yeah, I had a slight tear in my meniscus in my knee. So I've been rehabbing it uh, like a good little boy. I've gotten to the gym a few more days per week doing the stationary bike and doing a multitude of stretches that my physio has recommended hmm. and uh, having him every other week poke and prod the area um, to help alleviate the the pain so it's getting better and i will be able to be on court but have not been able to the last four weeks yeah i mean my excuse isn't quite as as um great as jason's (laughs) (laughs) i now work at my friend's uh vintage shop on saturdays and so it's difficult for me to play a match in the evening because i've got my my cute little doggy that I need to care for. So until I can find someone to give him a walk, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to try to make it happen. Should we invite any of our listeners to offer their services as dog walking? Maybe yeah. that could be like this, the substitute for a Patreon. They could walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're in the hood, if you're in like the church street, gay village area, <laughs> send us a DM. <laughs> Send me a DM and uh, we'll have to do like a face-to-face interview and see if Bruno's going to get along with you. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to let them into your house <laughs> <laughs> to get the talk. But I guess more importantly, whether Bruno will like you because he's having a bit of yeah behavioral challenges at the moment. Yeah, he doesn't like anyone but me. <laughs> yeah. So that's the truth. He loves you. Uh, well, you know, congrats to our team, Lamona Halep's. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be back soon. I'm on vacation for like two weeks at the end of October, so I won't be back until after that. But. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have a reunion. And congrats to, and big thanks to everyone that substituted for Jason and I and have won. Okay, yeah. and maybe also to those that have lost because we would have defaulted that match had we not had anyone. So That's true. And we're yeah. going to be sliding up in our vehicle and we'll be ready to take over for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the glory. Yeah, exactly. Hold up that trophy. (laughs) Speaking of trophies, we want to talk about some of the events that happened this past week. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a good um, a good place to start would be the San Diego tournament. 
Yeah, listen, you and I, I think we're a little bit more on the ball than we were covering the tournaments two weeks ago, right? Um, what are we going to say about San Diego? First of all, I was just going to share with you offline that if I was an ATP player and I had the choice of competing in San Diego, San Diego or Sofia, I would choose San Diego. I mean, why would anyone... I mean, I guess maybe if you're Yannick Sinner and had previously won in Sofia last year, it would make sense for you to return to a tournament that treated you so well. But if you're going to be out in the desert and try to acclimatize, I'd move my ass all the way to the west coast of the U.S. and practice in San Diego at that warm-up tournament. Yeah, completely agree. People are going to have a huge adjustment from Sofia to playing outdoors in the heat and I you know just because it's moved from October doesn't mean that section of California isn't still hot I actually don't know what the temperature is year-round but I think Mm. people move there because it's always hot yeah I mean um Tommy if I'm not mistaken his he's got relatives or in-laws that live in San Diego and Tommy again is our uh director of the Canadian Gay Open GLTA tournament here in Toronto also captain of our winter team tennis team and he says it's just magnificent weather over there you know what I mean it's not a humid heat it's more like a dry heat and it's you know if you're a tennis player to the core it's like tennis season year round so Mm -hmm. I'd choose San Diego any day over Sofia well yeah and like you said preparation for the big event at Indian Wells would come from playing the San Diego tournament more than playing indoors in Bulgaria. Yeah, I know. But I mean, shall we just jump right to the uh, to the winner there? Yeah. Casper um, Rude. <laughs> Don't be rude. He won a hardcore event, not on clay. That guy is quick. I just feel like Casper is, everyone knows Casper the Friendly Ghost. Maybe not everyone. We're maybe aging ourselves. But Casper the <laughs> Friendly Ghost was a popular cartoon in the in the 90s. Um, and not to say that Casper is ghost-like, but I feel like he's ghost-like in the sense that he like haunts these 250 level tournaments where... N- <laughs> and I sh- you know what? Let me take that back. I was about to say where no one shows up, but... Let's just legitimize the San Diego tournament by saying that Rublev was there. There was a whole bunch of, you know, potential contenders. And, you know, he came away with the title. Mm -hmm. And it's his fifth title of the season. Five, not one. Five MFers. He beat some good players. Okay. What's the rundown here? Well, he had in the round of 32, who did he play? Or did he have a bye? Because he was uh, a seeded player. Um, let me just check. I'm just checking. Hold with me, everybody. Can you riff for a little bit, Aldwin? No. Yeah, I mean, listen, we can, all of the jokes that we would have shared on this podcast, you can just go on IG and watch the stream from ATP Memes. Because whoever's in charge of the ATP memes IG account is just waiting so eagerly for the results to come out every Sunday when the tournaments are done. Casper is the queen of the 250 tournament. (laughs) She is. She's the queen. Yeah, she's the queen and she's won the most titles this year at five. 
Yeah, that's incredible. That's that's insane. And I mean, that final was a blowout. Yeah, I can't seem to find who he played against in the first round for some reason. He must have had a bye because I don't see that. So he played four matches. His first match was Andy Murray. Okay. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, uh-huh. You talked about how he's been playing really well, and he won in straight sets five and four. Okay. And then he beat um, Lorenzo Sonigo, um, and then he lost, uh, won in three sets against Dimitrov, and then blitzed Cam Nori, who took out Andre Rublev in the semifinals. Right. The other honorable mention that I'm going to throw in there is Dimitrov. Dimitrov's been playing like um, a diaper full of expired tuna fish. (laughs) He has. He's been playing like pure flaming garbage for the past few months. And to use Dimitrov's own words on his IG account, he said that it's so nice to be able to play competitively and to play really um, exciting points and to feel like he can be in it again. Because... For a long time, I mean, for a while that you and I have been doing this podcast, he really hasn't appeared as a threat in any tournament to go deep. And for a long time, he always carried the moniker of being baby fed. And for a time that he was making like, you know, deep runs at slams into the quarters and into the semis. And then he kind of just dropped off. So I think the semifinal showing in San Diego, albeit it's only a 250 tournament, is a good omen for him. So I was happy mm-hmm. to see her do so well. Yeah, and I did watch a bit of the match uh, with Casper, and he seemed to be hitting the ball really well. Okay. Um, I think if he's not making so many errors on his forehand, then he's he's doing well. So, yeah, to make a semifinal and, and to take Casper, who runs down every freaking ball to three sets, is definitely a good showing. What is I'm t- just taking a look at the draw here. So Cam Nori takes out our boy Denis Shapovalov in the quarters. Looks like yeah, six three six one. I mean, if I did not watch the match, but if I'm going to make a prediction, it's because Dennis overhit the ball like he normally does, and Cam Nori is completely the opposite. Is a guy that just makes you hit ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen balls. So. I mean, did you get a chance to watch any of those I didn't get a chance to watch Cam Nori, actually, at all. Uh, Okay. Um, But I, you know, he's had a good season. He's due for an upgrade at the Labor Cup next year. (laughs) (laughs) No more Brexit should should, um, impede his ability to be, you know, first team. (laughs) Um, And he, you know, to have won a title and to continue to make progress and beat top players like Dennis and Rublev is is pretty impressive. Yeah, I feel like his glow up is going to happen next year. He's going to be the new Casper Rude of 2022. Like yeah. this time next year, we'll be like, damn, Cam Nori, how many 250 tournaments can you win in a year? Six? What? <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the trajectory for him next year. Well, yeah, and then hopefully, you know, Casper will take over Rublev's 500 moniker and then you know rublev will start to win 1000s and you know so so the chain progresses i guess <laughs> right and um nick curios will have advanced another level in pokemon go yes and yeah. felix will win his first title 
<laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you know, if he wins... But, his, okay, make it a good one, Felix. Yeah. No, he's going to win a good one. Maybe he'll be like Sviantek and win his first... Have his first be a <laughs> Wow. Wow. That, that would be incredible. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> um... So we started this segment to um, with a tease about the trophy. So the trophy <laughs> in San Diego looked a little bit like, um, and you'll notice that we have a theme of talking about trophies. Contavite <laughs> had a bit of a bong the last time she won in Ostrava, and Casper got. Um, I won't. I won't talk about your. I'll leave you to talk about your piece. But it felt like. Um, a nice thing that you would get at a souvenir shop by the water in San Diego. Yeah, like um, Sally's Sally's gift shop. And like her <laughs> gift shop is like a wooden board hung with like metal hooks and it's like painted on. Yeah, and, and, and she... those boards those boards are slightly dipped forward like the the, th- <laughs> the souvenirs they have can almost fall fall on you if you grab them off the shelf wrong. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I thought when I first saw Casper's image on IG holding his trophy that they reused the same trophy given to the best um, orca trainer at SeaWorld <laughs> from 2017. For those of you who haven't seen it, it has a, dolph- a dolphin on it doing, you know, what dolphins do, which is like leap out of the water. Okay. I guess. S- sorry, not to, not to like late, like, not to like belabor this this topic, but what do dolphins have anything to do with San Diego? Is there a connection that I'm just not like reading into? I think there must be dolphins. Uh, like, is San Diego is on the water? I I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I presume I presume it's on the water, um, or maybe they have a zoo that they're very popular for. Um, ah, or maybe ah. they were just trying to match it <laughs> off the, you know, curly swooshes of Rude's hair. I don't know. Oh, I like that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I would take the last explanation as the one, as the reason why. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his picture now with the trophy and he's got, you know, his, his hair looks really cute. And yeah. I'm going to, you know what, listen, next year uh, at some point um, amongst the myriad of things that we have for this podcast and its progression one of the things that i want to campaign for is to for the atp and wta to give us the co-title of trophy designers we mm-hmm. could do a better job and you know what at the end of the day when you have those trophies i don't know i mean i don't know where these players place their trophies in their homes but you really want to be looking at like uh, murano glass dolphin like playing with a beach ball is it playing with a beach ball no <laughs> It's no. on a wave. <laughs> no, it's on a little like curly wave that looks like if you were holding it wrong, it would poke your eye out. <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful. But kudos to the organizers of San Diego. Apparently, they organized that tournament within five weeks. Ah. And the stands were full, and I think people were into it, and they got a lot of good players, primarily, I assume, because Indian Wells was coming up, and people wanted to warm up in hot, hot heat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, major major kudos to them. That was a brilliant job. 
Yeah, and I was imp- I watched uh, one of the matches I watched in full was Rublev versus Schwartzman. The second set of that match was crazy, competitive, unbelievable, very long rallies, and went I think an hour fifteen. It was seven five. It was ah. in turns. I very much enjoyed that match. Okay. Same result as the Labor Cup, though. Yeah, Schwartzman was the loser. <laughs> wah, wah. But he's feisty, man. I I. I give him a lot mad respect. Yeah. Uh, we talked. Uh, we should talk about Sophia and another title for Sinner. What did you say in the post? Scintillating. Scintillating. Scintillating Sinner. Um, yeah. You know, I would classify Yannick Sinner and Casper Rude as, you know, talking about comparing them to the likes of Zverev and Tsitsipas and Medvedev, who I think this year have really, I mean, in part due, I I don't, I shouldn't even say that. I was going to say in part due to the absence of the big three, but even with the big three, if they were, if they had been present, I think this was still the year that the three of them were going to make their mark. Sinner and Rude, especially Sinner um, coming back and becoming champion in Sofia again, I think that, he is kind of at the same level that Medvedev, Tsitsipas, and Zverev were maybe two to three years ago, like kind of bubbling up. So it's just a matter for them to make their breakthrough at a slam now. But yeah, your boy, number one seed, played to his seed and went all the way and defeated Monfils. I feel like Monfils has lost a couple of finals this year or has gone deep and had a couple of heartbreakers. So Well, the stat that they kept um, touting out there as he made the final in Sofia was that um, he's one of three players, I guess, to have made a final every year for the last 17 seasons. Wow, that's great. What a record. Yeah. So, and I think Nadal and Djokovic are the other two. Yeah. So... Pretty impressive. Uh, so I I presume based on them sharing that stat that this is his first final of 2021. Ah, uh, I felt and like- as you recall, sorry to interrupt you. No, as no, you no. recall, they were um, he was spending a lot of time on a yacht with his <laughs> his, uh, his now wife earlier in 2020. Or yeah, 2021. the guy got married this year and he still managed to play a final. I mean. You know, I I wish my memory would serve me better at this moment, but I'm pretty darn sure that he's gone pretty deep in a couple of important tournaments. So, you know, talk about someone that has just a natural talent, can kind of plan for a wedding, be part of a wedding, be on a (laughs) yacht and just like be sipping champagne and definitely not listening to Chapo's rap on Spotify. Uh, (laughs) And just show up at a tournament and go deep. I mean, he's still collecting that check. So good on him, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honorable mention to Marcus Giron, who made his first semifinal at the age of 28. He was playing really well in the first set against Malfis, but I went to walk the dog after that, and the match was over. <laughs> <laughs> he lost the second set, six love. Six love, yikes. Yeah, how come we haven't heard a lot about Marcus Giron? I like his game. He's very... 
smooth on his ground strokes. I feel like maybe what holds him back is it seems like he needs a lot of time to set up for his shots. Uh. That's sort of my observation about his game, but very good, very solid sort of shot maker in terms of where he directions the ball. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he's been making strides, I think, throughout this year. So maybe he'll be one of those ones in two years time winning his first 250 title. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. And well, maybe Pospisil will join him. Ugh. Pospisil has not won a 250 title? No. He has ha- he won he any had, titles? He's not won a, a title. Yikes. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, that's... Uh, I hope... I guess the mushrooms aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, I guess the mushrooms are not working. The mushrooms that he seems to be advertising, supporting... That sounds Backing. like a te- that sounds like a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kudos to Yannick. I think I heard the commentator say that he's the first Italian in like forty five years to win the same tournament back to back. In how many years? Forty five years. Wow! And on the men's side or on the women's? Probably just on the men's side. I think on the men's side. Yeah. Wow! I, you would have expected Fanini to do something like that, but. Yeah. No, no, bad, there's so no, no Italians have been really consistent. Yeah. So we're in an era where there, there will be now. So we've got Sinner and Berrettini and, you know, maybe Musetti. Musetti. Oh yeah, yeah. What a disappointment for him. I'm just taking a look at my ex boy, my ex ex boyfriend losing to a wild card, Dimitar Kuzmanov. Uh, is, yeah. I think, I think he's been dealing with, my Another bre- our breakup, breakup. Yeah. 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 I think he's talked about that publicly, actually. Jeez, get your shit yeah. together, man. <laughs> but congrats to Sinner. Love him. Love his game. Love his aggressiveness on the move, mm. going for shots and not, you know, just trying to play a rally ball. Twenty years old. <laughs> love him. We've talked about him for like fifteen months now. Scintillating, and he's just so calm. Uh huh. Yes. Chill. Love it. Gorgeous backhand. Yeah, yeah. Love how he picks up that backhand. Mm-hmm. Powerful forehand. <laughs> what about the ladies? Okay, I feel like the way that we should cover the ladies' results is as follows. We're gonna start in um, Kazakhstan at at the Astana tournament. Major as prop, we would. As we would. Major props go to our girl, Ali. I don't even know if people call her Ali, but we're going to call her Ali. Just like mm-hmm. we called Bethany Bethy. Okay. <laughs> Ali Van Uitvank. Okay. LGBTQ plus. No. LGBTQ2IA plus member. She identifies as a lesbian, has a partner that is also a player on the tour, Greet Minin. Okay. They play her doubles, doubles partner. Her doubles partner. Um, love that they love their love and show that on their IG on a 24-7 stream loop. They're just themselves. And I think that's really good for people to see and normalize, especially in a sport where that you would expect to have more um, members of the LGBTQ2IA plus community have a presence. But, you know, I love seeing their stories and she played, I need fresh air to breathe in the final. 
Love her. Uh, wh- who who's she again? Yulia. Yulia Putintseva. Let me just say this one comment, okay? Yulia Putintseva is a player that you just really love to watch because she, for better or for worse, is a person that plays with her emotions on her sleeves. If she loves what she's what's going on in the court, she will really try to fire up the crowd. If she does not, she's smashing her racket. She's cussing out her her <laughs> her coach. <laughs> she's cussing out the fans. I have to tell you, there's so many times in that final where Yulia was up and was seriously about to clinch it, but it was just her erratic behavior that I felt that was my observation felt led to Allison being able being able to sneak in that win. So she is now you shared this with me before. What's her stat in finals? Five, zero. Five and oh. Can you imagine though you might not be a top player every time you you reach a final you win it. That's a, that's an excellent conversion. Excellent conversion. Did you hear that, Felix? Excellent <laughs> conversion. <laughs> Maybe they should have a Zoom call. Let's set that up. Yeah. Like, how do you handle? How do you handle the pressure? Yeah. I. I mean, I wonder. I wonder what goes through <laughs> Ali's mind when she's in a final. She's like, you know, I'm four and zero. I got nothing to lose. If I lose this one final, I still got four titles on my uh, on my shelf in uh, at home. On my resume, she's Belgian, right? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, sweet. Congrats, Ali. We love you. Yeah, and then where was the other tournament? Chicago. Bitch, I'm from Chicago. Yes, another. It was another 250 event, or was it a 500 event? I think it was a 500 event. Let me just double yeah. check. It was a 500 event. Uh, no, 250. 250. 250. Yeah. Okay, is there any place that you want to, any player that you want to highlight or share about? I didn't watch a lick of it because I still didn't have the WTA <laughs> That would make sense. I wanted to. I really wanted to, but they screwed me over. Do you hear that, WTA TV? We, Jason was relying on you in order to get his research for this week's episode, and you failed him. Yeah. Terribly. They failed me. Okay. Can I share? The worst. Everyone loves the yes. Kim Kleister's moment. Okay? Everyone loves Kim Kleister's. I do not know one person that does not like Kim Kleister's. Can I name people that do not like Justine Ennen, who is her Belgian countrywoman? One zillion percent. For whatever reason, <laughs> Justine Ennen just rubbed people the wrong way. I don't know. It was her feistiness or her, um, her just demeanor Kim Kleister's everyone is about her okay everyone is rooting for Kim on her comeback and to watch her against Shea Suwe in the first round before even one ball was hit you were like how is she gonna do against Miss Crafty Kathy that can lob slice drop shot do all of these magic tricks with her wand and admittedly is that the word I want to lead in with no when you look at Kim, Kim's a bigger girl. Let's just put it out there, okay? Kim is not in the same kind of shape. Her body's different than when it was in her prime. 
And I don't know, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that when I'm bigger and I'm running around the court, I'm definitely not as, you know, agile, mobile, um, all of those, you know, characteristics that you would want to be if you were a supreme athlete, as I would be if I were fitter, okay? And to Shea Suwe's credit, she was like, I'm going to drop shot this girl. I'm going to drop <laughs> shot her, and I'm going to lob her. I'm going to slice her. I'm going to dice her. But Kim looked, let me say, Kim looked good. And Kim hung in there, and she that match just showed to me that she is one of the purest ball strikers ever in women's tennis history. So you go, girl. Was very proud yeah. of you. Yeah, she hasn't played since, what was it, Dubai? Like, just before the pandemic? So it's been a whole bunch of months. I think there was often... Um, oh, my God. There was often... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm in my office. Um, there's often um, instances where she said she was going to play and then she withdrew um, and maybe was just finding the right um, opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she's not in her prime anymore. So her fitness might not be um, at that level. And, you know, match play is more important, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But she's still got it by the looks of it um, in terms of her ground strokes and you know if if she's a half a step slower she can still probably beat a lot of people so yeah it'll be interesting to see her first round match against Sinyakova. uh-huh i i i think that kim can make a comeback i truly do and i give so much kudos and respect to her after having turned being a mom coming back to tour joining the victoria azarenka and serena williams and you know, kudos to all of those other moms out there. Um, Vejnina was interviewed about being a mom and how to juggle, you know, the responsibility of that, of that and being a tennis player. It's no easy task. And here she is mounting this comeback and just kind of looking as good as ever in terms of hitting the ball. So I, too, am excited to see that first round match. Yeah. At Indian Wells. And... Um... Who was the winner in Chi-Town? <laughs> okay, so um, rewind to pretty much every important tournament this year. Grand Slam <laughs> and uh, WTA Elite t- Premier whatever tournament. My pick has always been Garbinia Muguruza. And every single time I've been disappointed. This time around, <laughs> she did not disappoint. She won. <laughs> she beat Anjabor in the final. And um, did I think that she played magnificently well? I mean, to me, Mugu kind of has a one-dimensional game. She's got strong, um, a strong forehand, strong backhand, and just will distribute the ball side to side until she finds her opening. And yeah, she just looked a little bit more sharp. Was the best tennis I thought she'd ever played? No, but this is good. I think in every player's season, one smaller tournament win is good to for the confidence you know Mm -hmm. that psychological element of like okay fuck i can do this now and then she will carry that with her as she enters indian wells which is exciting yeah she's got some momentum i think and everybody wants momentum for an event like this which feels like a mini slam Uh uh-huh in october in october's you know uh unusual scheduling but thanks to covid here we are (laughs) were you surprised at the seating i think for me 
as somebody uh, and you perhaps who doesn't quite fully understand. grasp the <laughs> or understand the point system and how people defend points and when they lose them like were you surprised to see who was the number one and who was the number two seed in Indian Wells for the ladies yes in short <laughs> yes I was perusing our IG and of course following the stream of posts of uh, IG accounts that were uh, just prepping for the tournament and I forget which account it was but they showed four pictures it was Krajikova Apliskova, Svitolina, help me with the fourth. Sviantek. Sviantek. And I was like, why are they posting four of these faces as a promo for Indian Wells? I don't get it. Are they trying to give the lower ranked players a better opportunity at exposure? And the, <laughs> are and they trying it, to sell less tickets? Yeah, I was like, are Just they? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not really trying. No, I'm really kidding. But um, I was like, why are they showing these four faces and then when i looked at the caption and i saw that they were the top four seed i'm like ew <laughs> no fans but that was my an honest reaction i mean <laughs> listen they are not your dream top four seeds i think part of the reason being is that they don't have a lot of like um you know they don't have a lot of hullabaloo surrounding them a lot mm-hmm. of like star power but I mean, that's who we got as the top four seeds at Indian Wells. So, yes, I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, and we don't have some players who um, it would be nice to have there. But those players, I think, would have dropped in terms of their seeding as well. Like Naomi, I think, is now out of the top 10 um, due to her more recent results. Uh, Bianca is the same. She's like mm-hmm. out of the top. I think she's seated 16. 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a few names that y- we have traditionally seen in the top eight for the last 18 months that have now dropped out because of our lack of understanding with the point system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to we're, we're going to do a live with someone that understands the point system and we're going to get educated. Yeah. Seriously, we're going to do that because I want to know about points dropping off, protecting points. All of that is confusing to me. And as a new spec ed math teacher, that's going to confuse me even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if anybody out there knows somebody who, like if you're a friend of the show and you are familiar in like, like detail and you can give us the you know uh atp and wta point system for dummies explanation (laughs) uh we would be happy to have an ig live or maybe even have a show with you where we talk about it because we would like to educate ourselves like shviantic is number two why yeah she's moved she's moved up in terms of the rankings she is now four in the world i do think there is a little bit of a difference between the point system for the men and women because i do sometimes think um that some of the women jump or some of the women stay at their ranking for unusual reasons so i i feel like there's a bit of a difference in how those systems work but yeah i don't know are okay Less those four, the top four seeds on the women's side. Who are you excited to see? 
I mean, I think we're all excited to see the two U.S. Open finalists. Yes. Agreed. Um, yeah. So I think we're all excited to see Raducanu and what she can Raducan do um, <laughs> as the defending U.S. Open champion. And of course, our girl and friend, Layla Fernandez. Yeah. It's so exciting. I'm like looking at the draw. She doesn't have to play a first round anymore. Yeah, the 30 at this event, the top 30 or all of the seeded players do not have a first round match. Yeah, and the her first potential uh, round opponent would be Alizé Cornet, and she's in the quarter with um, Pavlyuchenkova. So that's going to mm. be, if, if, if it ends up being Pavlyuchenkova-Fernandez, that would be a really cool third round match. Yeah, that would be good. Who else are you looking forward to seeing? I, I mean, I definitely want to see um, how Kim does, Kim Kleisters. And honestly, someone that we haven't spoken about but has been trying to mount a comeback is Halep. Mm-hmm. You know, Simona, Halepe. Halepe. Simona Halep is someone that's kind of fallen off the radar because of her injury. And um, I think she's just trying to find her way back. And so I, I'm really curious to see how she's going to do. I want to see her first and round match. she is, I think, coachless at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, that's right. Bye, yeah. Darren Cahill. They had an amicable separation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when things aren't working anymore, things are just not working anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously want to see how Bianca does. Let's see how oh, yeah, her. Mugu, Mugu and, <laughs> <laughs> and Bor do mm-hmm. um, coming out of, out of Chicago. Um, I always love Mia Saribas Tormo moment. You so do. She's, she's seated 20, 28 at this event. So, um, and you, I know you love yourself a Danielle Collins moment. I do. I was just looking at her name there. Danielle Collins, number 22 seed. And you know, juicy. Uh, juicy. And again, this is the, the she's on home turf, hard court. I can't think. I don't think that Danielle's done particularly well historically at Indian Wells, but I think the conditions are just perfect for her. I mean, she did so well in Australia. She loves again a good hard court. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see her whip that braided French pony around. Yeah, and hit them hard shots. And uh, speaking of someone who's been in form, if Kim wins her first round match, she'll go up against Angie. Yeah, that'll be a juice. That'll be that'll be like blast from the past. Bring it on, baby. Yeah, I think Angie was starting to make her mark on the tour when Kim was as was, you know, kind of at the top, winning her last U.S. Open. So that'll mm. be a nice kind of interesting matchup to see yeah and going back to Halep you uh want to see how she does if she wins her second round match she could face Emma Raducanu yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah 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 you're right you're right you're right you're right Mm -hmm. that that's a potential what that's a potential third round no third round yeah yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see that. All of these, see, I mean, kind of like we've been discussing on the men's side, I like, I always love this clash of generations. 
you know, I want to see, that's why it was exciting to see BB two years ago when she was in her top form, when she took out Serena at the U.S. Open, how, what BB was going to do at the year-end championships, just to see how those game styles would go up against each other. And, you know, Emma obviously being so young, Layla being so young, they've got nothing to lose. So I'm just curious to see, now that they have an opportunity to face these players, you know, in the main draw um, on more occasions, what, how they will handle the pressure. And how they will kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, um, follow up those big uh, victories. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, because of their age, now that they've had a result, an unbelievable result of making a U.S. Open final, maybe premature in terms of when people expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. Does that now sort of trigger you to feel more pressure since there's now maybe a bit more weight of expectation on you to, to do better? Yeah, I think so. I think anytime that you make a big impression, you're expected to do well, you know? And I think in part, that's the reason why Naomi has had to take several mental health breaks because, you know, she even said herself she needed to um, take time and relieve some of the pressure that she put on herself and that she was feeling from others. So, you know, hopefully these young 18, 19 year olds can kind of take a page out of Naomi Osaka's book and, you know, really prioritize their mental health so that they can have a long lasting and sustainable career. Mm-hmm. Do you want to pick a winner or is it, it's hard to pick? I mean, we just, the draw just came out today. Uh, let's so. do it. Let's no let's do it. I'm ready. Are you ready? Um, oh, winner I, just one. We're just gonna say one winner. Just one. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm picking a long shot. Uh, okay. Darren Cahill was giving away a ball machine on his Instagram, <laughs> okay. and he asked to pick the winner on both the women's and men's side and if you picked one of them you would be entered into the draw for his um little machine hold on sorry pause what a cheapskate so you would only be entered into the draw if you picked one of the eventual winners on the men's and women's side yeah so if you picked if you were correct on either the men or or the women's side you would be entered in and then he would draw from anybody who commented on this post. Okay. So for the women, I picked a two-time champion, Bianca Andrescu. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you. You know what? You have an uh, uh, undercover belief for her. Yeah. Not, not that I don't. I mean, I actually Like an no, in-the-basement belief for her. An in-the-basement with... Uh, with dimly a lamp. lit lamp yes believe for <laughs> yeah. her why i'm just curious why i think uh she's been training hard she's been hiking up the <laughs> mountains in the california uh up those california mountains okay um and you know training showing those stories of her hitting them forehands holding up <laughs> her puppy occasionally and uh drinking a lot of gatorade so i think this is her time. This is, it's a, it's her time to be a two-time champion at an event. Okay. I mean, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that prediction. Sounds like you are. <laughs> I mean, I'm not on board, but I'm also not mad right. at it. Okay. And who's your who's who's your pick? Who has been in form through the hardcourt seasons of like <laughs> mid mid July through the U.S. Open? Okay, I. 
I'm pretty sure you know who my pick is going to be. Danielle Collins. No, no, no. I love you, Danielle, but no, it's a no. Jessica Pogula. No. JPEG, no. Kerber. Girl, girl, we just spent 15 minutes talking about her. Kim Kleisters. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, I love you, Kim. I'm going to say that Kim is probably going to make it to the fourth round. So if she makes it to the fourth round, she's getting through Kerber. Curbs. Oh, sorry, Curbs. Yeah, she's gonna she's okay. gonna be Curbs. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose Moogs. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna choose Moogs. I'm I think she's riding a wave of confidence. She's ready to win it. She's like, bitch did not get a Grand Slam this year, so I'm gonna get the next best thing, which is uh, Indian Wells, and she's ready to stake her claim and say, I am back. I am back, B. I am back, bitch. <laughs> well, um. I don't think she's gonna get past the Danzig, so that's. Ew. Uh, <laughs> You're you have like a weird love affair with Zidansek. I do, and Tomorrow. she's seated twenty six. That's good. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I like her. I like her. I want her to do well, but I like Mugu too, and I love her Instagram. <laughs> Urban nights. <laughs> yeah. She. <laughs> well, maybe not that post. Um. <laughs> okay, so before we move on to the men, yeah. obviously Ash Barty is not there if Plishkova's ranked number one. So oh. hopefully she's enjoying some time in quarantine back in Australia, and then she'll be out on the golf course in no time. Mm-hmm. And then the other person we wanted to talk about who I was on her IG live today, and yes. I asked her if she would come on the show, and um, she saw my question and her answer was hold on i texted <laughs> to you so i'm pulling up my text to you <laughs> go ahead she said maybe i will one day <laughs> wow that's so concrete <laughs> yeah and i quickly messaged her back i said hey girl come on our show <laughs> you know what while though, you're recovering from the coro you know what though it all it takes is for a set of eyes to look at it and we are now we've now you've now planted the seeds so that will be i i can imagine her taking a scroll through you know the comments that we will bombard her with on her on her ig wall and you know in her dms and she's like oh yeah i remember that that podcast sure i'm gonna hop on why not (laughs) yeah maybe she'll be like rebecca and she'll see our comments four months later and then she'll move us over to primary yes exactly uh, We'll get in her IG, but, you know, I scooted in that comment amongst the 1,000 people who were on her IG live, and she said, maybe I will one day come on your show. So um, now we're going to just inundate you. Yeah, we're going to hold you to it, Arena. But first, get better, obviously, and sad that you're missing Indian Wells. Yes, sad. And uh, can we just say... Uh, we're so proud, and we can we continue to follow the results of our girl Rebecca Marino, who won one qualifying round at Indian Wells, but unfortunately lost in three today. Every win is a victory, and um, we just want her to continue. One day she's gonna. One day that sounds like far off in the future. She's. We have no doubt she's gonna start being a regular in the main draw of the WTA schedule. So that is uh, exciting. 
Yeah, it just takes one or two events where you can make uh, and win a few rounds, and then you'll have more chances. I mean, Layla was qualifying for events back in the spring. She had to try and qualify for Miami, right? And yeah. she, after winning in Mexico, and she didn't qualify. So now she's seated in this tournament. I know. Isn't that so exciting? You have to play a first round. Good for her. It's very cool. And on a last note before we move to the men, our interview with Layla has now been seen on YouTube close to 5,000 times. Wow. Which is crazy. I know. I know. I mean, it just goes to show you how much traction that uh, that interview got after she did so phenomenally well. I mean, we're appearing on people's searches of Layla Fernandez on YouTube. Yeah. Layla, thank you for contributing to our success. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't wait to reconnect with you again to have kind of like a follow-up interview and to see how life is treating you as a U.S. Open finalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and good luck in Indian Wells, obviously. So the men's draw is not out Yeah. Yet, so we, okay. we cannot speak on it. I know. I That's curious to me. The only explanation that I could think of was that because it starts a day later that the draw would be released a day later. So Yeah, I think that's right. I I presume the women will start day one, which is Thursday, and then the men will start Friday. So the draw is not out yet. But I I, I think one of the interesting things, you know, we went into Toronto uh thinking that Nadal was going to play and then he <laughs> withdrew the the afternoon before his match and did that video that he was clearly not happy do, to do saying he was withdrawing uh we thought Djokovic was going to play Cincy and he ended up withdrawing from that but now we're in the third 1000 event where the big three will not be there mm -hmm. and I I'm still fine with it yeah I'm totally okay with it I mean I'm not really missing I'm not missing the big three I like that yeah. there's opportunity for um, other players to make a, a dent, make their mark on the tour. Mm -hmm. A Taylor dent? Oh, yeah. Remember that guy? He was American, <laughs> right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he had big choppers. <laughs> like big motherfucking teeth. <laughs> um. <clears throat> We don't make fun of people's looks on the show. <laughs> I wasn't making fun of his looks. No, I just I... said they have big teeth. <laughs> Good for chewing food. Um, so I presume the top four will be obviously Medvedev will be yes. number one. Sitsi will be number two. And then Zverev? Zverev and Rublev. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, li I like that top four. I mean, it's a different top four than Pliskova, Krajikova, blah, blah, blah. Sviantek. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can't tell you how it's going to go. I mean, one of there's been a bunch of 1000 tournament winners this year. Tsitsipas being one on the clay in Monte Carlo. Um, Herkatch is yeah. always tough. Um, he won a title recently and he won in Miami. Mm hmm. So, you know, there's guys sort of out there on the fringes that that have a shot. But I think, you know, if you're looking at, you know, Team Europe from the Labor <laughs> Cup, like those are the guys. Casper um, Ruud being another one, I guess, coming off of San Diego to watch. Uh, but I think, you know, Medvedev, Zverev, Rublev, 
those are probably the the three guys that people need to pay attention to. I didn't include Sitsi because he's been struggling recently. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right to do that. I want to go back to what we said earlier in this pod about Rude her not her catch, but I'm going to throw him into the equation. Rude her catch and Sinner kind of being at the level of these top four seeds at Indian Wells on the men's side a couple years ago, and I want them to be like, you know what, we're not going to take as long as you. This is going to be the tournament, Indian Wells. You think Medvedev, you're going to walk around and just like now that you're a U.S. Open champion, just own this space? No, sweetie, not today. I want I want Nuh-uh. that I want that attitude. Like, I don't want the attitude yeah. of, like, oh, I just won Sophia. I just, what did Hercash win the week before? Um, he won something. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't. All of these tournaments are just, like, soup in my head. You know, I won San Diego. Like, now I'm going to take a break <laughs> and win two rounds at Indian Wells and just go home. Like, no. Be thirsty. I want you to go for it, you know, and mm-hmm. take it to them hard. So I would, like there to be like that second tier of players that we talk about i want them to make a breakthrough and i want because that's going to make things extra juicy yeah and i assume those that second tier of players you're including faa and chapo mm, no no they're still uh, I mean, outside of that tier yeah they're like they're like sub tier they're like in the second tier but like in a parentheses uh, you know what i mean even even though they've both made semifinals at slams this year? Yeah, because, like, you you want to make a run at a slam, but, like, you know, the tour is about the the daily grind, and, you know, you can't make a dent in a 250-500 tournament. Come on, girl. Like, you know, yeah. sorry. I, I do. I, I love FAA. I love Chapo. I love rep- them representing Canada, but I would put them in a parenthesis until they can really, really prove themselves consistently. Yeah, I think I heard Chapo interviewed and he was asked a question by Matchpoint Canada about, you know, following up on the Wimbledon semi and and what his hopes are for the rest of the year. And he literally said that he didn't have any goals. <laughs> he, he didn't have any goals for the rest of the year. He s- didn't see himself having a chance to make the year in finals in Milan. But for me it's like well maybe that's why you're not playing very well yeah because you don't you haven't sort of established you know what your goals are or what your what your next step is after making the Wimbledon semifinal like maybe your goal should be I want to make a deep run in Indian Wells and maybe he's saying I don't have any goals because he doesn't have confidence at the moment I don't know I mean if I was his coach and I heard that interview, we would be having some words. I can't imagine any coach uh, on either tour allowing their player to not have... That's the point of having a coach is to set goals, you know? So I find that really uh, astounding. And, you know, you look back to our interview with Layla, all she spoke about were goals her and her father set for herself this year, you know, trying to achieve top 10... Um, is something that's completely within her reach. And, you know, you and I both thought that that would definitely happen, just not as quick as she's doing it. But, I mean, that's dangerous to me. You know, you're on tour and you're kind of floating around from tournament to tournament hoping that you're going to do well without any concrete um, aspirations. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So if y'all have been wondering if we lost our energy with all these tournaments after the U.S. Open, we we lost a bit of our steam, mm. but now we're building ourselves up, and I think we're getting we're now getting excited for that tournament in the desert that yeah. hasn't been played for two and a half years. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I feel like I feel like players heading into Indian Wells, there's that same thought that, you know, this is going to be my last, uh, our last opportunity to really show what we got at a major tournament. So they're going to bring it in the desert. Mm-hmm. We should end by talking about Zverev. Yeah, I didn't know whether we were going to touch that. But okay, yeah, we can talk about Zverev. I think it, I it is important. Sh- it's important. It is important. It's it's in the news that the ATP is going to investigate the domestic abuse allegations against him. And apparently he welcomes the investigation. Yeah. And um, what else do we have to say about that? I mean, there really isn't, not mu- there isn't much to add other than you know, a kind of tangent story is that Brazilian player Tiago Saboth Wild also had allegations brought forth by his ex-girlfriend of domestic abuse. So, and we know, we all know that Bastilashvili has had, I think it's more than allegations. I think he's actually been, I don't know what the term would be. Like, it's not an allegation anymore. It's kind of been brought through court. And mm-hmm. so it's forced the hand of the ATP Tour as the governing body of men's tennis to figure out what to do with players that that are potential domestic abusers, mm-hmm. you know. And Andy Murray has been very vocal about um, calling the ATP to action, you know. And he stands as a figure in the tennis world as someone that. It represents justice and equality, particularly for men and women, being very vocal about the prize money and always having an opportunity to, you know, correct reporters when they say, oh, this has been the best men's player. And he's like, no, actually, this is this woman did it first. So, you know, it just makes sense that Andy would be the one to kind of uh, be the megaphone on this issue. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that the ATP does need to do something but i mean what they're going to do i'm not sure and what does yeah you know it's just hard to talk about it when you don't know what the ramifications are going to be or what the investigation is going to entail yeah and i think that's kind of what he andy has said he said that the tour needs to figure out what policies and procedures there are Mm -hmm. for how to handle this situation and i'm seeing the quote from he was asked about this ahead of a match against Basileshvili in 2020 Mm -hmm. Um, and he said for me there should be protocols and a process in place when allegations like this are made so yeah I think all you know in industries in light of me too and all of that not that this just happens uh, with women but um, primarily I think uh, it it's often the case so um, I think a lot of industries are trying to figure it out and Zverev is a high profile person mm-hmm. and um, this should obviously be investigated and and uh, the tour will have to figure out how these kinds of situations get handled and if there's ramifications for him as a top player representing the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much more to add. 
Yeah. Not not well, anything to add. <laughs> not anything. Well, sorry to end it on uh, on that <laughs> note, but we're just trying to give you the news. The news you need to know. Yeah, the tea. Daily tea. Speaking of tea, go watch some tennis in the desert. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week with a report on how things are going. And whether Kim beat Kerber. Oh, yeah, exactly. Juicy. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. <laughs>